Hello, world. This is Roger Corvale, and this is For the Hope. Here, we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. So, we've ended the book of Luke. Today, we start the book of Acts. Which is about kind of like, all right, Jesus has resurrected. Now it's the birth of the church, which is a beautiful thing. And that makes me think of a quote by a local pastor here in Portland, Oregon, Josh White, who says this. I refuse to pastor a church that plays on the edges of Christianity. Mm, I like that. Hey, hopeful. Welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we just consider life and work and our stories in light of God's story. In I don't have a huge amount prepared for us today. Probably won't be able to help myself pausing along the way to interject a little something. Except to say this. When we get to where we're going to continue in Isaiah, one of the things that you're going to hear is about one of God's accusations of people be doing religiosity. And then you'll hear how God responds. But before we get there, Acts chapter 1. I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait for the Father's promise, which, he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come again in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath, day, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. They were all continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. The number of people who were together was about 120. And he said, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit through the mouth of David foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was one of our number and shared in this ministry. 
Now this man acquired a field with his unrighteous wages. He fell headfirst, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. And this became known to all the residents of Jerusalem, so that in their own language that field is called Hakodama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling become desolate, let no one live in it, and let someone else take his position. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time the Lord went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, saying, You, Lord, know everyone's hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry that Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. Acts chapter 1 All right, before moving on, you just heard where theologians get the definition of an apostle, right? An apostle was one of the original eyewitnesses, and more specifically, and you even heard this from Peter, a witness of the resurrection, right? Or Jesus in a post-resurrection sense. And these are those that, when later early church fathers were looking at which writings were authoritative versus not, they were looking at apostolic authority as one of the core criteria, right? This is, this is the people that were there and done there, been there, done that. That said, turn it back to the book of Isaiah for our Old Testament segment today. We pick up in chapter 58. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here except to say, listen for God's accusation and then how how God responds, right? God wants your heart. He wanted it then and he wants it now. Cry out loudly. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a ram's horn. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and delight to know my ways like a nation that does what is right and does not abandon the justice of their God. They ask me for righteous judgments. They delight in the nearness of God, saying, Why have we fasted, but you have not seen? We have denied ourselves, but you haven't noticed. Look, you do as you please on the day of your fast and oppress all your workers. Your you fast with contention and strife to strike viciously with your fist. You cannot fast as you do today, hoping to make your voice heard on high. Will the fast I choose be like this, a day for a person to deny himself, to bow his head like a reed and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this the fast I choose? to break the chains of wickedness, to untie the ropes of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to tear off every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see them, and not to ignore your own flesh and blood? 
Then your light will appear like the dawn, and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. At that time, when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will say, Here I am. If you get rid of the yoke among you, the finger-pointing and malicious speaking, and if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted one, then your light will shine in the darkness, and your night will be like noonday. The Lord will always lead you, satisfy you in a parched land, and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never runs dry. Some of you will rebuild the ancient ruins, You will restore the foundations laid long ago. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets where people live. If you keep from desecrating the Sabbath, from doing whatever you want on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, seeking your own pleasure or talking business, then you will delight in the Lord And I will make you ride over the heights of the land and let you enjoy the heritage of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Indeed, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save, and his ear not too deaf to hear. But your iniquities are separating you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not listen. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongues mutter injustice. No one claims justly, no one pleads honestly. They trust in empty and worthless words. They conceive trouble and give birth to iniquity. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave spiders' webs. Whoever eats their eggs will die. Crack one open, and a viper is hatched. Their eggs cannot become clothing, and they cannot cover themselves with their works. Their works are sinful works, and violent acts are in their hands. Their feet run after evil, and they rush to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are sinful thoughts. Ruin and wretchedness are in their paths. They have not known the path of peace, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made their roads crooked. No one who walks on them will know peace. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We hope for light, but there is darkness. We hope for brightness, but we live in the night. We grope along a wall like the blind. We grope like those without eyes. We stumble at noon as though it were twilight, and we are like the dead among those who are the healthy. We all growl like bears and moan like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it's far from us. For our transgressions have multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and we know our iniquities. Transgression and deception against the Lord, turning away from following our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering lying words from the heart, Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far off, for truth has stumbled in the public square and honesty cannot enter. Truth is missing, and whoever turns from evil is plundered. Ooh, I'm just going to say that last thing again. 
truth is missing, and whoever turns from evil is plundered. May those who have eyes to see and ears to hear see and hear. My friends, we're half a breath away from it being illegal to live out your faith. Not the first time in history, right? The Lord saw that there was no justice, and he was offended. He saw that there was no man. He was amazed that there was no one interceding. So his own arm brought salvation, and his own righteousness supported him. He put on righteousness as body armor and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and he wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. So he will repay according to their deeds, fury to his enemies, retribution to his foes, and he will repay the coasts and islands. They will fear the name of the Lord in the west and his glory in the east, for he will come like a rushing stream driven by the wind of the Lord. Get this, friends. The Redeemer will come to Zion and to those in Jacob who turn from transgression. This is the Lord's declaration. He says, As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children, or from the mouths of your children's children, from now on and forever, says the Lord. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. Right? Clearly he's looking, looking at the final future redemption here. For look, Darkness will cover the earth and total darkness covers the people, but the Lord will shine over you and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. Raise your eyes and look around. They all gather and come to you. Your sons will come from far away and your daughters on the hips of nursing mothers. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will tremble and rejoice because the riches of the sea will become yours and the wealth of the nations will come to you. Caravans of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah. All of them will come from Sheba. They will carry gold and frankincense and proclaim the praises of the Lord. They will carry gold and frankincense. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, right? All the flocks of Kedar will be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth will serve you and go up on my altar as an acceptable sacrifice. I will glorify my beautiful house. Who are these who fly like a cloud, like doves to their shelters? Yes, the coasts and islands will wait for me and with the ships of Tarshish in the lead to bring your children from far away, their silver and gold with them for the honor of the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, who has glorified you. Foreigners will rebuild your walls, and their kings will serve you. Although I struck you in my wrath, yet I will show mercy to you with my favor. Your city gates will be open. They will never be shut, day or night, so that the wealth of the nations may be brought to you, into you, with their kings being led in procession. 
my friends, read Revelation 21 and 22. Where do we get your gates will be open and never be shut? Yeah, there you go. For the nation and the kingdom that will not serve you will perish. Those nations will be annihilated. The glory of Lebanon will come to you, its pine, elm, and cypress together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will glorify my dwelling place. The sons of your oppressors will come and bow down to you. All who reviled you will fall face down at your feet. They will call you the city of the Lord, Zion, of the Holy One of Israel. Instead of your being deserted and hated, with no one passing through, I will make you an object of eternal pride, a joy from age to age. You will nurse on the milk of nations and nurse at the breast of kings. You will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. I will bring gold instead of bronze. I will bring silver instead of iron, bronze instead of wood, and iron instead of stones. I will appoint peace as your government and righteousness as your overseers. Violence will never again be heard in your land. Devastation and destruction will be gone from your borders. You will call your walls salvation and your city gates praise. The sun will no longer be your light by day. Hear this, friends. You're going to hear some Revelation. John in Revelation quoting Isaiah here. The sun will no longer be your light by day and the brightness of the moon will not shine on you. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your splendor. Your sun will no longer set, and your moon will not fade, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your sorrow will be over. All your people will be righteous. They will possess the land forever. They are the branch I planted, the work of my hands, so that I may be glorified. The least will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. I will accomplish it quickly in its time. And that's Isaiah 56 or 58 through 60. Ooh, good stuff. Um, yesterday, today, and forever. Right? Same God, same promise. Wisdom segment here today in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, picking up in verse 2. From the fruit of his mouth, a person will enjoy good things, but treacherous people have an appetite for violence. The one who guards his mouth protects his life. The one who opens his lips invites his own ruin. The slacker craves, yet has nothing, but the diligent is fully satisfied. The righteous hate lying, but the wicked bring disgust and shame. Righteousness guards people of integrity, but wickedness undermines the sinner. One person pretends to be rich, but has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, but has abundant wealth. And that gets us up through verse 7 and kind of speaks to the heart of the issue, which, of course, is always the issue of the heart. My friends, if you go to a church that plays on the edge of Christianity or if you're playing on the edges of Christianity, just turn. Just come to the Lord 
His arms are open wide. He wants you to experience all of the intimacy of knowing and being known that your heart craves for and that only he can provide. Amen. Amen.